You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Today we are going to be wrapping up our series that we've been in for the past 21 days, for this series, 21 Days of Prayer. And our theme for the series has been dangerous prayers. Why dangerous prayers? Because we're talking about the kind of prayers that get us out of our comfort zone. You know, we got to stop praying these, uh, now I lay me down to sleep, God bless me type prayers, but prayers that actually have the potential to change our lives. Prayers like, search me, O God. Prayers like, speak for your servant is listening. Prayers like, teach me to rest. Prayers like we prayed last week, God, restore my passion. Today, I want to lead you in a prayer that I really believe has the the potential to change your life. If you begin to pray this prayer on a regular basis and embrace the truth of this prayer, and here it is, it's Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, everybody say, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to talk to you today about the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, I know for some of you, you come from a certain church background. When, when you hear me say, you know, fill me, Holy Spirit, you have backflashes to some really bad experiences you had in church. Like maybe you picture some pastor praying for you, like pushing on your forehead, like trying to knock you down on the ground, getting slain in the spirit, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I grew up Pentecostal. I feel you. I'm recovering Pentecostal over here. I got you. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You, you come from the opposite spectrum where nobody ever talked about the Holy Spirit. And you're like, okay, you know, I know God the Father. That's who we pray to, our Father. And I know Jesus, right? Of course, he's the Son of God, most famous person who ever lived on the planet. There's pictures and paintings of him everywhere. And, and, uh, but the Holy Spirit, like, what is that really all about? You know, is he a ghost? Some people call him the Holy Ghost. Or is that a force? Or like, this, this whole thing is weird, right? I know, I know for some of you that it's, it's like really an odd thing. Let me help you. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. God has revealed himself in three persons, three persons in one, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus said this to his disciples before he left, after his crucifixion and resurrection, before he ascended back into heaven, he told his disciples that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he knew that his followers were going to need the Holy Spirit. Come on, we we need the Holy Spirit. He's like, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit because you people are going to need help. If you're going to try to follow me, if you're going to try to live this life that that I've taught you, if you're going to be my church in this world, you're going to need some help. Come on, how many of you know sometimes it's a spiritual battle? Like the Christian life is a spiritual battle. Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Like our struggle is of a spiritual nature. I don't know about you. I don't know if I'm the only person in this, in this place, but uh, sometimes I experience temptation. Am I the only one who experiences temptation? There are days when I'm minding my own business, doing my thing. Maybe I even read my Bible that morning, and then some thought comes out of nowhere, like some selfish thought, some lustful thought, some judgmental thought. I know you're more sanctified than me, but I have days where I experience temptation. Anybody with me? How many of you have days where it just feels like you're under attack, like it feels like a struggle. It feels like a battle, right? Difficult people, difficult circumstances, difficult traffic, parents, difficult children. Lord, deliver me from evil. Somebody give me an amen today. Like, it's hard sometimes. It's a struggle sometimes, right? Just this past week, we took my oldest son, Aaron, to, uh, to the post office to to get a passport for a passport application because I'm taking him on a special trip later on this year. And so we checked him out of school because they don't have any appointments later on in the day and went through that whole hassle. We get him there and 
the lady at the post office says, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, you're, for some reason, you're not registered today. There was some kind of mix-up, and she like, showed us like there, were, you know, there was nobody there to do the passport. So we're like, okay, we're disappointed. It was kind of a hassle to get him out of school and rearrange our schedule, but whatever. We'll come back the next day, right? So we come back the next day, and there's a different guy there, and there's already a line. Um, you ever get one of those like, passive-aggressive civil employees you know, <laughs> in the post office, DMV, that kind of thing? So we get up there, and we're in line, and we're thinking there's a passport agent. Like, certainly this guy's not going to stop the whole line for us, right? We're like, oh, we're here for a passport. He's like, stay in line. He just looks at us like, stay in line. Okay. Then we get to the front, and we're like, yeah, we're here for a passport, and, and uh, my son needs his picture. And he whips out the registration. He's like, you didn't sign up for a picture. We're like, oh, no, we need the picture. We told the girl we need the picture. And it's like, he's going to take him two seconds to take the picture, right? So he's like, okay, I'll do the picture. And then he says under his breath, and by the way, you're one minute late. You're one minute late. I'm like, it's the second time I'm here. We checked our kid out of school. We've been standing in line. Like, I'm getting ready to fight this guy in the post office. Like, cuss somebody out. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know it's not good when your Christian pastor almost gets in a fight in the post office? It's not good. You do not want that to happen. Come on, sometimes it is a spiritual battle. In the words of the great theologian and philosopher M.C. Hammer, you got to pray just to make it today. Are you with me? There are some days where it feels like this. So I want to show you a scripture today where the Apostle Paul talks about this very thing. He's writing to the Ephesians. In fact, we talked about the Ephesians last week, didn't we? He's writing to the Ephesians, and they're living in this really pagan city of Ephesus, you know, this, really, this, this city that's really sinful and immoral and filled with all kind of idol worship, and, and uh, they're experiencing some real spiritual battles. And Paul reminds them of their need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Man, it feels like the Apostle Paul's writing straight to us, not even the Ephesians. Are you with me? Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Wants you to do. Look at verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, read that out loud with me again. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts like we did this morning. And look at verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to focus on verse 18. Here's our key, key verse. Here's the key idea. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. I don't think I really have to explain that, that part to you, right? Anybody in here ever had too much to drink and you found yourself making like really good decisions? You know, like, you know, that one time I was wasted in Cancun, man, I made one of the best decisions of my life. Nobody has ever said that before. We understand this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Apostle Paul gives us a really great analogy here that ancient people could relate to, and we as modern-day people can relate to, this whole thing about being drunk and, and alcohol. It's a really good analogy here because if you've ever been under the influence of alcohol, I won't ask you to raise your hand in church today. If you've ever been under the influence of alcohol, you know how it affects you, right? You know the effect that it has on you. It affects your judgment. It affects your inhibitions. In fact, it messes with your prefrontal cortex of your brain, the part of your brain that is associated with logical and rational thinking. And so what happens is you do things and you say things that you normally wouldn't do when you're sober. Now, we're not really, the whole point of this message isn't about alcohol. Here's the idea. What you're filled with will influence you. Here's the idea. 
What you're filled with, how many of you know this is true? What you fill yourself with will have an influence on you. Whatever you fill your mind with, the people who you hang around, who you allow to influence you, the thoughts that you entertain, the media that you consume. Come on, we're all being influenced by something. What you fill your life with will have an influence on you. And so here's the idea. Paul gives us this really great word picture. He reminds us as Christians, you got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit because to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be under the influence of God. Are you tracking with me? It's to be under the influence of the Spirit of God himself. And so we have to be filled with his Spirit. Now, according to Greek scholars, the, the New Testament was written in Greek. The verb that's translated filled here. In verse 18, it's in the present imperative tense. What does that mean? Well, that means that the, the connotation here is more like this. It's more of a, of a continuous replenishment. It's, it's an ongoing state of being filled. In other words, it could be translated like this. Go on being filled. Don't, don't just be filled once. Go on being filled or keep being filled with the Spirit. So when you became a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith in Jesus. How many of you know when you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit? You don't just get one part of the Trinity. In fact, God, by his Spirit, drew you to the Father through his Son. Do you see that? All three parts working together. That's how it works. You can't get Jesus and not get the very Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe some of you, um, you've had another experience that, that you know we call the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's been a, a moment in worship where you worshiped and you just felt like the presence of God. Maybe like we had this past week at worship night. I mean, who was that worship night? This past Thursday night, we blew the roof off this place. If you missed it, you missed it. But you've had moments where you felt the Holy Spirit touch you. Maybe you had somebody pray over you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and maybe you experienced something like speaking in tongues or the Holy Spirit moving on your heart. If you want to read more about that, you can read in 1 Corinthians about that. So, but here's the idea. Paul would say to us this, once wasn't enough. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, go on being filled. Just keep on being filled. Like, you got the Holy Spirit when you placed your faith in Jesus, but once wasn't enough. Come on, like, you need another drink of the Spirit. It's kind of like water. Like, drinking water wasn't enough. Like, what you drank yesterday wasn't enough today. You need to stay hydrated. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty for the things of God. Stay thirsty for the Holy Spirit because you need Him every day because most days are a spiritual battle. And so here's our prayer today. Come on, let's pray this out loud today. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, let's do that again. Our prayer today is... Holy Spirit, fill me. That's it. Holy Spirit, fill me. Now, fair warning, this is a dangerous prayer. And I want to give you three, three reasons why asking God to fill you with his spirit is, is a dangerous prayer, a prayer that can change your life. And I want you to put this in your notes today. Three reasons why. You, you got to be ready if you pray this prayer. Here's the first one. Number one, asking God to fill me is an invitation for God to take control. When you ask the Holy Spirit to come in, into your life, it's not just a feel-good, touchy-feely, great moment. You're actually inviting God to take control of your life. Let's look at this. Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. There it is. There it is. The Holy Spirit's going to guide me. He's going to control me. God, I'm, I'm giving the keys over to you. You're in charge. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the spiritual nature desires. Come on, do you feel this sometimes, right? The, spirit, the two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. 
How many of you know there is a spiritual battle going on in your life? Paul's saying on the inside of every one of you, there is a spiritual battle that is raging between your sinful nature, okay? This is what we believe as Christians, that, that humanity is in a, our natural state is a fallen state. We have a sinful nature, like left to ourselves, we will gravitate toward sinful decisions, okay? There are things about us that are broken that we can't even fix on our own. And so Paul says you have, you have a sinful nature, but if you're in Christ... If you're a follower of Jesus, if you have the Holy Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and sometimes these, these two natures are warring against each other. In fact, most days they're warring against each other. And I love this. He says, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Anybody in here ever have good intentions that don't work out? Come on. Do you have some days where you wake up, and maybe even you got your, it's 21 days of prayer, you got your Bible reading in, you know, you listen to a little worship song, you're ready to take on the day. Come on, today I'm going to be full of love, and I'm going to be caring, and I'm going to put others before me, and I'm going to be patient. Come on, I'm going to have a good day. And before you even get to lunchtime, you've already blown the whole thing up. You lost your patience with somebody. You got road rage on the way to work. You cursed at somebody. You said something you shouldn't have said. Does this happen to anybody today? Y'all are being a little bit quiet this morning. I'm just wondering if any of us have ever had good intentions that by the time we got to lunch, they flew out of the window. Yeah, how'd your good intentions do up against your sinful nature? That's what Paul's talking about. There is a spiritual battle going on. But I want you to get this because he's given us this beautiful word picture of being filled with the Spirit. Here's what Paul is saying. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're actually filled with the Spirit. There's less room for you and, and more room for God. It's a word picture. In other words, John the Baptist put it this way in John chapter 3, verse 30. He must become greater. Jesus must become greater, and I must become less. Less of me, more of him. When I'm more filled with him, there's less room for me and more room for the Spirit of God. All right, let me give you this analogy, okay? I'm, uh, I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier these days. You know, as I'm getting older into my 40s, I'm finding that my metabolism isn't speeding up. It's slowing down, so I'm trying to maintain this dad bod over here, you know, and take care of it. And so I'm always trying to eat better. And usually for me, breakfast and lunch aren't really the problem. You know, breakfast, I'm pretty good. I usually eat something high in protein, and I do pretty good for lunch. And I don't know about you guys, my problem is the afternoon between lunch and dinner. You know, I start getting the munchies, and I got three kids in my house, so we got chips, we got cookies, we got junk food stashed all over the place. You ever do this, like, you know, that afternoon, right? You get that craving, and you think, oh, I'm just going to have a handful of chips. Let me just open up this bag of chips. And before you know it, that handful becomes the whole bag of chips. Anybody with me? Does this happen to you? This happens to me, right? And <laughs> somebody like, yes, pastor, help us. Preach deliverance, pastor. Preach freedom, Yes, this happens to us all the time. And, and see, here's what I've found, though. Here's what I've found. If I, if I premeditate what's going to happen, right, if I will fill myself with something healthy in advance, like maybe I eat a salad or cut up some fruit, I won't be as hungry for the unhealthy things. Are you with me? If I fill myself with something healthy, I won't be as hungry for the unhealthy things because there's less room for it. I just don't even have room for it. I want you to get this today. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, there is less room for other things to influence you. When you're filled with the healthy things of God, the Spirit of God, there's less room for the unhealthy things. There's less room for the world. There's less room for your ego. There's less room for selfish desires. You know, I found that when, when I start my day off and I get it right and I spend some time in worship and I spend time in, in God's presence, like sin is less appealing to me. Because I'm already filled. I've satisfied my appetite with something else. And so inviting God to, to fill you is a way of saying, God, you go ahead and take control. 
Come on, you, you take it. I want to be led by your spirit. I don't, I don't even trust myself. I don't want to just be led by myself. I don't want to just be led by my good intentions because I know how, how that often turns out. God, I'm asking you to take control. Jesus, take the wheel. Here's the keys. You've got this. Come on, be careful. If you pray this prayer, it's not just a nice little prayer. It's saying, God, I yield control of my life to you because I want your will and your ways and your presence to fill my life. Here's the second thing. We're talking about this, this dangerous prayer, why this can change our lives. Number two, asking God to fill me. If you pray this prayer on a regular basis, this is an invitation for God to work in me. Come on, let's make this personal. I, I worded it personally on, on purpose. Asking God to fill me is an invitation for God to work in me. Once again, it's not just a feel-good moment. It's not that I just want to experience a spiritual high. Asking God to fill me is saying, God, I give you permission not only to be in control, but I give you permission to do some work in here, to do some work in me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul wrote this, For God is working in you. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Oh, that scripture encourages me, and I hope it encourages you. Because there's some days where I feel like I have the desire, but I don't have the power. Then I have other days where I feel like I have the power, but I don't have the desire. But I've got good news for you, church. God is working in you to bring about both the power and the desire to do what pleases him. Come on, this isn't just about you trying hard. This isn't just about your efforts. The Holy Spirit is working in you, and he'll change your desires if you just hang in there long enough. He'll give you the, the desire for the things of God, and he'll give you the power to do what pleases him. Now, what does God working in you by his spirit look like? Because that sounds like a really nice thing to say on a Sunday morning, but what does that look like in our life throughout the week, God working in me by his spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Apostle Paul gives us a word picture in Galatians 5, and it's the fruit of the spirit. How many of you have ever heard of this, the fruit of the spirit? Really famous passage of scripture, and, and here it is. It shows us what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit working in us over time. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. Here's what Paul says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you want more of those things in your life? By the, by the way, side tip here, a little Bible study tip. Whenever you're reading a scripture like this and you come across a list like this, just take some time to read through that list carefully. I try to read through a list like that and have a really open, honest conversation between me and the Holy Spirit. Lord, how evident are these things in my life? You know, love and joy and peace. Don't just read that list. Stop and meditate on it. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever tried to grow your own fruits and vegetables? Anybody? I know we're suburbanites and city people, but yeah, I see some hands growing up, going up here. All right. If you've ever tried to grow your own like fruits and vegetables or have a garden, like you will know that it, it, it takes work, right? Amy and I tried to do this a couple years ago, and we failed miserably. Like we killed everything. Like we don't have a green thumb. We have a black thumb. Like everything we tried to do, it all died, okay? But you'll know that if you, if you want to grow fruits or vegetables or have a good garden, you got to cultivate it, right? you got to till the soil. you got to plant the seed at the right time. you got to water it. you got to fertilize it. You may have to do some weeding. You may have to do some pruning. Like you have to cultivate the growth. Now, isn't it amazing that the opposite is true when it comes to weeds and the things that we don't want, right? Like, you know, I, I do the landscaping around our house, so I hadn't had success with fruits and vegetables, but I, you know, I cut the grass and take care of the lawn, and, and we've planted some bushes, and I water the flowers, and, and, you know, what I found out is like, you know, on a hot day, if I forget to water the flowers, like one day they can die, 
but then a dandelion will be growing in the asphalt in front of my house. I'm like, how does that happen, right? Like, you don't have to do anything for the weeds to spring up. In fact, Paul talks about this earlier in Galatians chapter 5. He's like, if you don't do anything with your soul, if you, if you don't yield to the Holy Spirit, guess what will happen? Guess what will spring up in your life? And he describes it. It's sexual immorality, jealousy, angry outbursts, selfishness, division, etc. You can go read Galatians chapter 5 for yourself. But here's the point. If the Holy Spirit is going to bear fruit in your life, be ready for him to cultivate your soul. Be ready for him to work in you. He wants to get down into your heart, and he's going to pull some weeds up. Come on, he's going to pluck some things out. He's going to till the soil of your heart a little bit. He might prune some things and cut some things back. Be ready if you pray this prayer for God to work in your life. He might show you somebody you need to forgive. He might show you something that you need to let go of. He, he might show you some habit in your life, some coping mechanism that's not good for you, some destructive pattern of thought in your life. He might stretch you. He might show you something that needs to change in your life. And so asking God to fill me is an invitation for God to work on, on the inside of me. See, if you're going to experience more love and joy and peace in your life, how many of you want that? Come on, let me see your hands again. If you're going to experience that, how do you think that's going to come about? How do you think the Holy Spirit's going to work in you? Here's my guess. He's going to put you in situations where you have the opportunity to cultivate those things. So be careful if you pray this prayer. If you say, God, I want to be a more loving person. I want to be more marked by love. I want the fruit of love in my life. He's going to put somebody in front of you for you to learn how to love. Somebody you might have to care for. Somebody you may have to give to or, or, or serve. That's how he's going to teach you how to love. You want joy in your life? How many of you want more joy in your life? Well, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to cultivate joy unless you go through some circumstances where you don't normally experience joy, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you end up cultivating the fruit of joy in your life. That's how you get joy, okay? You want patience? Be careful praying for patience. If you pray for patience, God's going to give you a difficult person. He will. He'll put them right in front of you. Okay, you want patience? Here you go. Boom. <laughs> go ahead. Work on that. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. You'll find out quickly how much you need the Holy Spirit. This isn't about trying hard. This isn't about trying to be a good person. We will crash and burn every time. This is about God working in you. And so don't pray this prayer unless you're ready for him to do it. But can I just encourage you this morning? Can I give you good news? It's God who works in you. Remember our scripture, it's not about you. It's not about your efforts. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about how hard you, you try. If you will just stick with it over time, you will find that the Holy Spirit will eventually bring about fruit in your life. I just wonder if there's anybody in here this morning who would just testify and encourage somebody else today, maybe just wave your hand, that you would say you've hung in there long enough to be surprised by the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Anybody with me? Like if you just stick with this long enough, you will be surprised. Some of you got love where you never used to have love before. There are people in your life that you don't even like. Pastor, I don't even like them. But over time, I just kept praying. I hung in there. I kept believing. And I found that I love that person. I still don't like them. But there's something in my heart that loves them. And I find myself praying for them. Rather than slapping them, I pray for them. Come on, somebody. You got love where you didn't have love. Some of you, it's joy. Like for you, normally when you would go through difficult circumstances, you would spiral into depression. But over time, you just kept trusting. You just kept praying. You just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And the Holy Spirit did a work in your life. And now when you go through difficult circumstances, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You got joy where you never used to have joy before. Love and joy and peace. Oh, peace? 
Some of you used to be anxious. You were freaked out all the time, like spassing out about everything that came into your life, freaked out, worrying out, worrying about everything. And now you've got a peace that passes all understanding. Come on, you know what that means? Peace when it doesn't even make sense to have peace. Like your friends want to know, what kind of medication are you on? Because I want some of that. And you're like, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working in you over time. You didn't even realize he was doing a work right underneath your nose, slowly but surely bearing fruit in your life. Can I just encourage you? It's God who works in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. If you'll just hang in there, you'll begin to bear fruit in your life. You'll begin to bear fruit in your life. And so when we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, we're inviting God to come and work on the inside of us. And here's the third thing. Is this helping anybody this morning? Here's the third thing. Asking God to fill me is an invitation for God to activate me. Come on, everybody say activate. Asking God to fill me, it's not just a nice little prayer. It's not just, God, I want to have a really special moment in worship um, where I feel my heart touched. That's good. We, we need those moments. But asking God on a regular basis, learning to pray this prayer, like, Holy Spirit, I need you. Like, God, fill me. This is an invitation for God to activate me. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. John chapter 20, verse 21 through 22. This is after Jesus uh, was crucified and resurrected, and he begins appearing to his disciples. And this is one of those occurrences in John 20, 21 through 22. Here's what it says. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He's talking to his disciples. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Like receive. This is one of the first instances where we see the Holy Spirit given to the apostles. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, this is kind of the lead up to the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is poured out and the church is born. Here's what Jesus tells the, the, the disciples. He's like, I want you to get ready because the Holy Spirit that I told you about, he's going to come. And here's what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, that word power literally in the original language is like dynamite power. Like, be ready. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Like Jesus is like, get ready to be activated. You're going to receive power. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice that it doesn't say, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will have really great church services where you feel really good about yourself, where your spirits are just lifted, and you have a holy huddle, and the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out, we're all going to go to Disney World and sing Kumbaya, and it's going to be awesome. That's not what it says. It says, and you will be my witnesses, right? Like, I'm pouring out my Holy Spirit on you because I've got work for you to do. You're my hands. You're my feet. You're my people in this world. Like, you are going to need the Holy Spirit to be and do, like, what I've called you to, to do, you got to get activated. I'm going to activate you. Okay, let me give you this example that I think all of you can, can relate to, okay? A few months ago, I bought a snowblower. Can I get an amen? Somebody. I've been at my house for a couple of years now and didn't have a snowblower. And uh, this, last year, after last winter, I'm like, that's it. I'm buying a snowblower. So my snowblower has been sitting in my garage, and it's been passive, right? It's been turned on. I mean, turned off. It's doing nothing. It's just sitting there, kind of collecting dust until yesterday came along, and Daddy had an opportunity to play with his new toy, right? Perfect opportunity, okay? But how many of you know that snowblower wasn't doing anything, doing us any good until I activated it, right? I had to push the little ignition in. I had to pump the thing three times to prime it. I had to give it a good crank. It cranked up, but it wasn't doing me any good unless I activated it. Now, activated snowblower plus three boys, we can move some snow. Come on, these boys, they live in my house and they eat my food. I'm like, you want to live here, you can help shovel some snow. <laughs> that thing can do a lot more when it's activated, right? 
than when it's, when it's sitting passive. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Our natural default as Christians, without being filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, our default setting is to passive. For most of us, it's, it's passive. I'm going to be a nice little Christian. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to mind my business. I'm not going to mess with anybody. Like, you know, I, I would like to pray for someone, but what if they thought that was weird, you know? I would love to invite somebody to church, but what if they said, they, they said no, you know? Um, I, I would love to, to, to share my faith, but what if it offends that person? Come on, our natural default is, is the passive switch. But the Holy Spirit wants to activate you for the kingdom of God because our world is so broken and so many people are hurting and there's so much need all around us. And God is saying, I want to use you to make a difference for my kingdom. Come on, I want to activate you to make a difference with your life. Are you watching the same news I'm watching? Are you interacting with the same people I'm interacting with? People are broken, man. People are hurting. This world is messed up. And God is saying, there's no time for you to be passive. It's all hands on deck. I want to activate you for my kingdom. What does that look like? Does that mean you're going to go to work tomorrow and jump on top of the table and start preaching or something crazy like that? No. Probably going to be a lot simpler. Maybe it's going to be praying for somebody who needs prayer and being ready just to pray for somebody. Maybe it's praying with them in person or praying for them during the week. Can I just be honest with you? I cannot remember the last time that I asked somebody if they would like prayer that they told me no. Really? Like even unspiritual people, even people who don't go to church, I really can't remember the last time I asked somebody, can I pray for you? Like, no, I'm good, really. I don't need a prayer, Pastor. I'm like, don't do that for me. No, I can't remember the last time. It might be praying for somebody. Maybe it will be inviting someone to church. You know, there's all these statistics and research that say the average person is a high percentage that they would actually say yes or receive your invitation favorably. I invite people to church all the time. Here's what I figured. The answer is no, unless I ask, right? And guess what? I have never had a person say to me, I'm offended that you invited me to my church. No, most people are honored, even if they don't come. And some do. You'd be surprised who would say yes, right? Maybe just sharing your faith, your faith. Not preaching at somebody, but just in the gentlest of ways, sharing what God has done in your life and his goodness in your life and just encouraging somebody. And here's the reality. If their heart's not open, you can't force anybody's heart open. But guess what? If their heart is open, you'd be surprised how the Holy Spirit could work through your story, could work through your life. It may be serving somebody. It may be meeting a practical need that God puts in, in front of you. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's leading a life group. You heard the announcement about if you want to start a life group. Maybe that's always been in your heart. You know, you have a gift of hospitality. Like, I've always wanted to open my apartment or, or my house. Or I just, you know, I, I want to be more intentional about helping create community. But I've always felt like I, I, I couldn't do that. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going to give you courage to step out of faith and talk to Pastor Don and say, you know, maybe I, I want to talk to you about what it would look like to lead a life group. Maybe it's joining a team and serving here. You always hear people talking about serving, and you've always felt like, could I really do that? And the Holy Spirit might activate you and say, yes, there's room for you to serve and make a difference. Are you with me this morning? The Holy Spirit was poured out for us to be activated for the mission of God. And so can I just give you a challenge today to make this really practical? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray all throughout this week. This is our prayer, right? Holy Spirit, fill me. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to do one thing this week that would activate your faith. I want to challenge you to do one thing this week, just one, that would cause you to have to rely on the Holy Spirit, that would cause you to have to say, Holy Spirit, help me to have faith. Help me to trust you. Help me to be, help me to be bold. It, it may be doing one of those simple things that we talked about. It could be praying for somebody. Maybe it's texting somebody an encouraging word. Maybe it's getting on the phone and calling somebody that needs to hear from you. Uh, who knows what it is? Can I just tell you, if you pray that prayer, though, 
be ready for God to interrupt your schedule. Be ready for the Holy Spirit to interrupt your schedule. Be ready for the Holy Spirit to take the blinders off and help you see a need that maybe you walked right past before. Can I tell you, I prayed this prayer a few weeks ago. Like, God, I just want to be more open to how you might want to use me. I know I preach every week and do that, but I just want to be open into how you might use me to meet a need. And sure enough, on a Sunday morning, God put a need right in front of my face, somebody I could serve in a tangible way. And I won't say the example because it happened at church. But he answered my prayer. He just put a little simple need right in front of me that I could step out and make a difference. Can I tell you, normally I would have missed that need. I would have been busy kind of going about my business, doing what I had to do on a Sunday morning. But because I said, Holy Spirit, activate me, he put somebody in front of me and he helped me to see it. Come on, how, how many of you would just say, okay, pastor, I'll take you up on that. I want to step out this week, just one, one thing. Can I just tell you, it's actually fun to be used by God. Sometimes we think it's going to be this big nervous thing. Watch how it blesses you to be used by the Holy Spirit to bless somebody else. Watch how it blesses you to get outside of yourself. Come on, it's so easy in this world to be absorbed with ourselves. Watch how it blesses you to get outside of yourself, to do something simple, to show the love of God to somebody and allow the Holy Spirit to work through your life. So our prayer every day this week, you can pray this. I want this to become a regular prayer for you is, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. God, I'm inviting you to come in and take control. Here you go, God. Here's the keys today. God, I recognize I want you to be in charge. God, I'm inviting you to come into my heart and do some work in my life. God, I'm inviting you to activate me today to make a difference for your kingdom. And watch how if you pray that on a regular basis, God is going to work through your life. Now, church, we've got to take this serious because here's what we've seen in Scripture today. There are some things that God wants to do in your life that he can only do by his spirit. So if you're going to have love and joy and peace and patience and all the things that we say we want, it's not going to come about by you trying really hard. Now, you can cooperate with the grace of God. You can cooperate with the Holy Spirit by praying that prayer, but you need the Holy Spirit to get the fruit of the Spirit. You can't get the fruit of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus said, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses, to live on mission, to make a difference in this world. If Jesus said, you're going to need the Holy Spirit, how many of you know Jesus meant what he said? That means you're actually going to need the Holy Spirit to do this. And so we got to take this serious because what we have on our own is not enough. Come on, I'll say it for myself up here today. Church, what I have on my own is not enough. It's not enough to lead you. It's not enough to lead this church. It's not enough to preach every week. I need the Holy Spirit working in my life. You need the Holy Spirit working in your life. Because there's something you can only become with his work in your life. There's some things you can only do with him working through your life. And you say, okay, I want that. How does that work? Well, here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Stand with me. We're going we're gonna to worship in just a moment. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship, which invites the presence of God, which invites the Spirit of God in your life. And so all throughout the week, okay, because I think many of us grew up with a church in a church where we're being filled with the Spirit. That was something that happened at church. No, this is something you can pray all throughout the week. And so we're going to practice it today, and you can begin to worship. You can put worship music on some days, and you can invite the presence of God, the Spirit of God to come and fill your life. And then here's the other thing, simple thing, is just to pray, to step out in faith and say, Holy Spirit, fill me on a regular basis throughout your day. Holy Spirit, come, fill me today. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you who are sinful know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will your Father in Heaven give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him for the Holy Spirit? He's not going to deny that request. And so we're going to do those two things right now today. We're going to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. And then we're going to worship and we're going to take this worship song and make it our prayer. Would you pray with me this morning if you want that? Maybe you want to bow your head. Maybe you want to lift your hands as a symbol of saying, I'm open. But just bow your head for a moment. And this is our prayer today. Holy Spirit, 
fill me. Come on, would you pray that with me? Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Father, that's our prayer today. God, we thank you for the gift of your spirit. God, we thank you that you didn't leave us in this world on our own, but we have your presence in our lives. Your very spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And so, God, today we yield control. We give you the keys. We put you in the driver's seat. We say, God, we want you in charge of our lives. We want your will, your ways, your presence. God, we open our hearts and we invite you to come in and do the work that you want to do in us. We recognize, God, that our good intentions come up short. But you can come inside of us, God, and bear fruit. Lord, we give you permission to activate us. God, open our eyes to see the needs around us, somebody who needs to be encouraged, somebody we can serve. God, give us boldness. Give us power. Give us your spirit to live on mission for you, to make a difference for your kingdom. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill my life. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.